Welcome to Living in the Overflow episode three of season two. Um, today's going to be a good topic. Today we're talking about something I've experienced multiple times in my life, but I've since got freedom from. Um, and we're just going to hop into it. But if you're excited for today's episode, let me know with a applause button or something or a comment or just just yell in the middle of your house because that'll be hilarious but um today we are talking about a very heavy topic um we're in a series called disfigured um and it's there's gonna be multiple episodes this is why we're already on episode two this is our first series um, we were going to do a series for, um, for Pebbled Peace, but this is kind of in a way a, I would say a sermon series birthed out of fruitful, fractured, and pebbled peace, like a baby mixed together, here's disfigured. Um, and what disfigured means in this sense is it's not shape the way God had meant it to be. Our first episode, we tackled suicide. God is not in suicide. God deals in life and life more abundantly. God does not deal, which is probably going to be the next episode. God doesn't deal with depression. He deals in joy, joy overflowing. God doesn't deal in pornography. He deals in marriage and unity. God does not deal in anxiety. God deals in peace. So today we're going to talk about, I feel it. Today we're going to talk about anxiety. It's a very uncomfortable topic, but it needs to be discussed. So we're going to do that today. On today, episode of Living in the Overflow. Cue intro. What God's going to point your mirror, you or something else. Everybody loves your mirror. Isn't he amazing? I tell you, I'm not trying to put him on the spot, but he, you are amazing. He's an incredible minister, too, and on top of everything else. He can preach. He's got a great Bible study he gave to me. What's the name of your podcast? Living in the Overflow. Well, we'll check it out sometime, all right? All right. Welcome to episode three of season two. If you're happy to be back, we're so glad to have you here. 
thank you for joining. I have a few announcements before we hop into the word, but I already queued the intro. So after I say these announcements, we're just going to hop in. Um, the really, really big one. Um, I, I'll put the link in the description of this episode. Um, there is now an radio station. We have a radio station. Overflowing Ministries legit has a radio station. Um, it is called Overflow Radio. Uh, Could have guessed that one. Um, but we've only been going for about um, a week now. And um, we're going to grow. But we already see about five to ten people on the stream every stream almost and I believe God's going to capitalize on that but the only way he's going to capitalize and expand that ministry is if you take the step and I already took the biggest step which is launching it getting the equipment the laptop which we're recording on now um but um take the step of sharing it with someone and um maybe you'll see fruit from it too um but and then um there's a couple competitions coming up in the gaming community shout out to all my gamer uh boys and girls out there who love to game all my gamer dudes and all my gamer ladies um, um, there's a tournament coming up and I'm willing to pl- play with a whole lot of people um, and I've tried in the past to make it a ministry and now that I have a laptop I can upgrade the quality um, so we've launched it about twice now and both times it's just been one stream and fail but I think we're going to be able to successfully start overflowing gaming within a month or so which is really good I, i've had a notebook of all these things i um and it has all my sermon notes and everything it also has um my business plans for the next couple of years and i just want to share what we've accomplished so far since spring um i, I started this uh the like last year and uh, did what God has already accomplished and what he is going to accomplish out of faith Um, spring 2021 launch living in the overflow podcast that was successful November launch overflowing ministries officially we did that December 21 episode three of living in the overflow which is one of my favorite episodes that i'm going to work on getting a um up, upgraded version of called paralyzed praise and then um 2022 podcast episode four word of the year was poor poor into others great episode recommend it uh launch two youtube videos then um announced um fruitful fracture 
Um, then December 22 is when I began to work on Overflow Radio. Then we launched, uh, we're supposed to launch our, um, our uh, Facebook, but we, in March, but we just went live off of my mom's. And then um, we uploaded two videos. Um, this hasn't happened yet. And when we get someone on our team, I'm willing to do this. Uh, launch a TikTok, an overflow TikTok, and record videos and episodes on there, short clips of the sermons, stuff like that. Us doing TikTok dances, appropriate, and many teachings. Um, then when I was on sabbatical, all I wanted to do was, was fast, pray, and seek God. And in August, we restarted. Um, and then in September, we were supposed to start our radio station. But we started our radio station three days before we expected to. And that's basically what I can tell you the rest it's a five-year plan i'm not telling you all my business plans for the next five years um and then one more announcement we will be getting a cash app soon that way if you feel led by the holy spirit to donate to farther our ministry to get better equipment so that we can go to hopefully i'm hoping in the next couple of maybe a year or so being able to actually preach at churches and um with um a steady income for our ministry we might be able to do that with merchandise selling certain things and I just want to say thank you so let's hop into it if you would turn in your Bibles to Psalms Psalms 18 I'm fine I'm fine that was just my retainer flying across the room for some reason. Um, shoot, Carmaya. Let's do it. Disfigured, free from anxiety. I'll give you the title in a second. Well, you can already see it, but um, Psalms 18, verse 6. I'll read it, and I'm going to read them. I'm going to actually read two verses, and then I'm going to tell you my testimony. Psalms 18, verse 6. In my distress, I cried out to you, the delivering God. And from your temple throne, you heard my troubled cry, and my sobs went right into your heart. The earth itself shivered and shook, and it rocked before him as the mountains trembled. They melted away, for his anger was kindled on my behalf. Fiery flames leapt from his mouth. 
erupting in blaze and coals and smoke, and fire encircled him. In my distress, I cried out to you. I'm not one of those preachers or evangelists or whatever you want to call me, a prophet. Just call me as you see me. Um, in my distress, shoot, I've been in stress before. Can I get a witness? Who's ever been Who's ever been in a stressful situation? Who's just felt like life's troubles were stacked on top of them as high as mountaintops? Too many people will try to preach what they've never experienced, but I've had these problems. I've experienced anxiety in the past. Past tense. Past tense. No longer. I've been freed. I've had I've had those nights where joy just disappeared. And it felt like breath was absent from lungs. I cried out into what felt like endless darkness. Drowning in a way. Because there was never any peace. Some might say it was a long tunnel of pain with no end in sight. And I've experienced it. I just I just remember those the, the first night when I woke out out of my sleep and this 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 weight rested on my heart and it felt so painful that I ran to my mom and said do you love me because it felt like for that there to be that much pain on my shoulders no one loved me I've laid on the floor ready to call 911 because it felt like my heart was pounding out of my chest but there was only a couple beats every couple of minutes I've had those encounters I've had those moments where I would have to lay down in the floor and clench my Bible in the fetal position and scream, Jesus. I've had to sing Waymaker to fall asleep because the only way to escape it felt like sleeping. Or, or maybe it wasn't Waymaker. Maybe it was, I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. My one defense, my right 
righteousness. Oh God, how I need thee. And no, that wasn't on key, but it was my heart's worship. The only thing that could soothe me was Abba's heartbeat. God's breath. It was a pain. Only the verse I just read to you. Only Psalms could explain. Only David could articulate. I read where it says, My distressful cry. In Greek that translates. It means. My hopeless pain screams out my hopeless pain screams out and that's how it felt for me and that's probably how it I believe it, that it feels for you too And I can drag out messages. And I can drag out moments. But can I just articulate you for a moment? Go to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Verse. Can you guess it? 7. Verse, verse seven. Thank you, Jesus, for your endless love. Verse seven, it says, Let me let me give you the background of the story first. There was a man who was lame meaning he couldn't walk. He was paralyzed. And he lived on a mat by a healing pool. And every year or so, or ever so often, the pool would begin bubbling with healing power. And every time the man who had hope in a pool for power didn't make it to this false sense of hope of healing verse 6 this is when Jesus gets on the scene at this pool and this pool is surrounded by people who are waiting for the bubbles it says it says in verse 6 when Jesus saw him lying there, he knew the man was crippled. He knew the man was crippled for a long time because of his divine revelation. 
Jesus looked at him and said to him, Do you want to be healed? No, do, do you really want to be healed? Do you really want to be set free? I have a question for you today, and it's the same question, just with a little twist. Do you want to be free? And for some people, that might be a sarcastic question. Like, of course, Jameer, I want to sleep. I want to feel worthy. I want to feel loved. But what's the same thing Jesus said to this man when, when he looked at a man who was paralyzed and he said do you want to be healed and you might say I can't be freed it's hopeless and I've tried and I've tried I've tried this guy and I've tried that guy I've tried this girl and I've tried that woman I've tried this medication, this crystal, this church live stream, this denomination, this AOG, this assembly of God, this place of his presence, and failed. Verse 7. The man answered, Sir, there is no way I can be healed, for no one will lower me into the water. No one will lower me into the water when the angels come. As soon as I try to crawl to the edge of the pool, someone jumps ahead of me. In, in modern day terms, one might say, I can't be free because this pastor won't pray for me. And as soon as I try to be free, everyone leaves me and I try to cry and crawl to freedom. But anxiety and childhood trauma pull me back into chains. And I'll tell you the same thing again that Jesus said to the lame man. Because there's no better words than the words of Yeshua. There's no better words than from Abba. There's no better words than the words from the king. And until you realize his power, you'll never understand your purpose. Then in verse, verse 8, it says, Jesus said to him, stand up. Pick up your sleeping mat and you will walk. 
I'm going to read it again. Verse 8. Jesus, the high and holy, the man who walked on water, the man who multiplied bread, the man who looked at route Lazarus's tomb and said, come out and live again. That man looked at this man in his scenario and said, stand up. Pick up your sleeping mat and you will walk. L listen, listen, hear me by the spirit. He told the paralyzed man to do what he has never done before. Because Jesus looks at the hopeless and the anxious and the depressed and the suicidal. And he looks at the anxious and he looks at the paralyzed and he looks at the depressed and he says, and he tells them to walk out of their bondage and run to the promise of peace in the midst of their pain. So he stood up. Here's where I'm going to preach for a second. He stood up and rolled up his mat. The thing that kept him where he was. Because if he didn't have the mat, he would have had somebody move him to a more comfortable position. He would have stayed in his comfort instead of walking and to his promise. He would have stayed in darkness if Jesus didn't tell him to pick up his mat. There's heaviness to what is attached to his mat. There's bondage. What is your chain today for the man who is sitting at the sleeping mat, paralyzed, who kept what kept him in sin was his mat. What kept him from getting his healing was his mat. And for some of you, your mat may be something or maybe even someone who you look back on. About to preach. Something you may look back on and say, I miss that relationship. Let me try to pick up that failed relationship and take its fractured pieces like fractured glass and assemble it because it was so beautiful for one moment. What if God has someone or something that's so much better than your current scenario and the fractures that you keep trying to put better? Maybe he's trying to fulfill you while you're trying to reassemble what's been fractured. Maybe instead of being depressed and looking back on your depression, God wants to, you to run to his joy. Maybe instead of running to the man who called you worthless and left you for someone else, before you run to another man, maybe you need to run to the man who looks at the prostitute and says, go and sin no more. Maybe instead of romanticizing on a previous relationship, run to the new things in life. Run to the new oil. 
run to the new outpouring. Run to the faith-driven man. Run to the faith-driven woman. Run to the person who heals people instead of beats them. Maybe it's that person in your friend group that you gossip with. And gossip isn't gospel, so don't get it confused when you're spreading lies and rumors. Jesus said he hated that. He said he hated that. And maybe it's a person you share hate with. You just sit there and bash other people, or you sit there and you both walk wallow in your grief you sit there and say woe is me and I'm so depressed and you post this and you post that and people offer you help but you won't escape the lies that the enemy is putting over you instead of turning away from the lies and running to the truth you stare and flirt with sin Maybe it's time to stop flirting with sin and find Jesus. The real Jesus, not the not the Christianity Jesus that the American church portrays, not the come worship from 11 to 1 will give you a mess a 20 minute a 20 minute message and a 20 minute um sermon and you'll be out of here. And it's that simple. Worship with no oil, but it has an orchestra. Music with beats, but it doesn't bruise the enemy. Maybe it's that relationship that hurt you maybe it's that show or maybe it's the music you listen to we'll have to do a we'll have to do another episode on that but now listen to what happens next verse 10 it says then the jewish leaders who saw him walking with his mat the thing that he was attached to he's now separated from and that now it's his testimony and he said And the Jewish leader said to him, Why are you carrying that? It is the Sabbath. It is unlawful to carry things on the Sabbath. He answered, The man who healed me told me to pick it up and walk. Hear me. The people who are proud of their title in your life are the first people to question your freedom and discount your freedom. The people who are your cheerleaders of your pain will be the haters of your progress. The church that won't let you in with your freedom will cheer your grief. Because it's another person to pray with online for clout. And not gratitude you because of your progress. Because they're jealous of your freedom. 
They're jealous because Jesus isn't king. Religion is king to them. And they put division where Jesus assigns unity. The only thing, the only reason they won't pray for you is not because they're not religious. It's because they know they don't have oil. They know they don't walk in power. Because there's too many options in the church. Flirt with sin and don't repent. God is good, but so is Buddha. Marriage doesn't have to be holy. You can throw yourself around. And if you struggle with anxiety, or if you struggle with power, you're in jeopardy of one thing. in jeopardy of one thing Jesus looking at you and saying who are you who are you now now I'm I'm, I'm gonna talk to my fellas and to my religious leaders and to my pastors my evangelists my apostles my pastors my teachers my prophets Do you know what will set you straight? Because it didn't set me straight until I looked it in the face. What set me straight was when I was asked to pray for someone a couple years ago. A couple months ago, actually. Um, I get time mixed up. Um, And it was like right before a revival broke out at Jewel City. Um, They looked at me and they said, we need you to pray for somebody. There's a demon manifesting. So I go in the room. And because there was no intimacy with God, there was no freedom for the man because I was too focused on, let me do this, let me do that, let me say this, let me say what this preacher said. In the name of Michael Todd, I command you to come out. Michael Todd doesn't have power. He has power by the authority given to him on the cross because Jesus shed his blood. I'm not under the doctrine or I'm not under the covering of Joel Olstein or a motivational speaker. I'm undering, under the covering of the fire of the Holy Spirit. But one thing that will shake you to the very core is when a demon looks in your face and says, Who are you? Who are you? And when you tell a demon to get out and it looks at you and tells you no, Because there's no freedom in that because you haven't had true freedom. You've only had prayers. No true repentance. Just a couple of words and leaving. Repentance means you take what God gives you away from the altar and walk it out. And maybe you've been lost in all these things and all these sayings that people have rocked you on and all these words and Maybe it's religious trauma, and maybe it's church hurt, and maybe it's anxiety, and maybe it's suicide or depression. And I just gotta tell you straight, and you just have to, you just have to trust me on this. If you feel like you're in a long tunnel that has no end, 
turn around. It's been a focus of my ministry. And that that might just be the another word or phrase for this season. Turn around. Because too many people are trying to throw punches at the devil with no power or flirt with sin and draw a line in the sand without completely distancing themselves from the lies. Maybe it's going to take you running, walking righteously and running away from sin. Until I realized I cannot beat this lust without running. And not running to it, running to Jesus in my times of loneliness. Running to the healer instead of the hurt. The temporary healing, the healing that only lasts a moment, a second, a blink of an eye, and it's gone. The person who who will give you a hug or do this or do that with you or do this inappropriate thing or do this inappropriate thing with you or say this about you. And you feel worthy for a moment, but the second they leave you, your comfort leaves you. Take a step. Take a step away from it. Take a step. Take take just a step in the right direction. The journey of a thousand miles starts one single step. Will you do a turn? Not a 360 turn that gets you right back where you are. Will you do a 180 turn and turn to Jesus? Because he's right behind you. Ready for you to run to him. Maybe running and turning means distancing yourself from that person. Because so many preachers will tell you what to do and not how to do it. Here's some practical steps. If a person is feeding you anxiety and depression and making you upset, turn away from them. If you realize when you hear that song that it's feeding your brain negativity and you get sad or you get depressed or anxious after that song, turn. We started a radio station for a reason. That's a ministry. Turn. If that show is negatively affecting you, turn. Turn away from it. If that relationship with that man or woman is harming you, Run away from it. Resolve it if you can. But turn to something better. And can I tell you, there's nothing better than the loving embrace of the Father. I just I just want to be like John, fastened to his heartbeat at the table. My title of my message today was Breathe Again. You feel that? We have a good mic now, so you can feel it. Breathe again. 
because it felt like your whole life you couldn't breathe. Turn, turn, repent, repent, change your ways and run. I'm not talking about a kitty walk that gets you right back in your sin because you tripped on a rock. I'm talking about running with all you can, getting the stumbling box out of the way, the thing that makes you fall back into pornography, the thing that makes you fall back into suicidal thoughts, that person, that thing, that something. Turn away from it and run to Jesus. It's that simple. Run to Jesus instead of running to jealousy. Run to acceptance instead of anxiety and anger. Become an arrow that doesn't have weight on it and puncture the heart of the enemy. Revival is coming. And can I tell you something that should strike fear in your heart to repent? Jesus is coming and he is coming so very soon. Will you run to him? Because I don't want you to have to hear who are you. Dear God, I pray that you would minister to these people today. Stretch your, stretch your hands out if, you, if you're in an environment where you can. And say this, God, come inhabit my life. Come dwell in my praise. Come show me your power, your love, and your grace. Change me, transform me, renew me, accept me, show me your love, and restore what is broken in greater measure. Amen. Message me if you got my link. I will put some links in the description. I love you all and see you next time on living in the overflow.